Welcome back to the Don't Forget This Podcast. It's Brian and Jill. Yes. Back again for a brand new edition. Uh, good to be back with you again. I know. It's, it's been forever. It has been a long time. I've the holidays. Oh, right. man. They're on yeah, us. They are on us. Coming is, like a freight train. It is. It is. It's weird because Thanksgiving was early, so right. it feels weird. Like we have most of our house decorated mm-hmm. already, and, and that doesn't seem like it's supposed to happen. But uh, When there are leaves still on the ground in Virginia. Yes. And the trees. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's weird. So anyway, how was Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving was um, at my house. It was a little national lampoony. Was it? <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> I, I like it already. Yeah, I like yeah. it already. We. Uh, I decided to do something a little bit different. We yeah. we hosted this year. We don't every year. We hosted this year, and I was down looking at our game collection. Yeah. And I decided that the younger people in the family needed a little history lesson. So I got out a game that I used to play in the 60s called The Barbie Game. The Barbie? That's the official name? Yes. This is an actual game. The Barbie Game. You yes. didn't make this up? No, you can look it up. You okay. can look it up. Go Google it. The Barbie Game. Yes. Um, and it was described as probably the most sexist game <laughs> on earth. Because the object of the game, and apparently the meaning of life for girls, is to be queen of the prom. That's uh, But to do that, you need to be a club president, which was, you know, that's pretty progressive. Sure, sure. You need to buy a dress. Sure, right. And best of all, you need a steady boyfriend. Now, this is not just a boyfriend, it's a steady boyfriend. They're tricks that you have to go through to get him to ask you to go steady um there are pitfalls along the way it's not just a straight um straight narrow path you might land on a spot that says um soda fountain pay one dollar if without a boyfriend oh is that right there's one that says he criticizes your hairdo Go to beauty shop. <laughs> oh wow! I hate it when that happens. Like don't walk, don't walk out. Or... Exactly. Don't tell it's, him what you, for. You need to fix it. <laughs> he doesn't like it. That's How right. about that? It is crazy. Yeah. We had the best time, mostly just laughing at it. That's Somebody funny. said it was like sexist monopoly, which is not not exactly, but yeah. uh, but that was crazy. That's so funny. that was fun. That yeah. provided an entire evening of entertainment for the participants and uh, all the the observers alike. We just couldn't believe. Then, the next day, um, we went out. um, My husband's cousin likes to have people over to shoot targets. Oh, yeah. um, You know, the day after Thanksgiving, which I didn't grow up with guns, so I'm not good. We were, so we volunteered to watch a three-year-old. However, uh, my son-in-law came back Later, it just came in the house and was. He said it was so much fun. And I said, "What did you do after we left?" He said, "We went out in the woods, and found a bunch of old commodes and blew them up, <laughs> blowing up toilets." <laughs> it was like uh, Duck Dynasty, you know. 
<laughs> Wait, I that said, was a poor choice of words. <laughs> I didn't mean blowing up toilets. I meant, yes, shooting them with guns, right? Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, who's my laughter making the sound bad? No. Um, anyway, uh, so I said that that was a kind of a deliverance sort of day, I guess. Funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that was funny. our Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. It's just from one extreme to the other. Yeah. You know, from one stereotype to another. Here wow. we are. Yeah, that's right. This is us. Keeping a boyfriend and shooting guns. <laughs> Blowing up toilets. <laughs> Blowing up toilets. Oh, speaking of toilets. So yes. I never told you um, uh, about the Wheel of Fortune. No. So we. Speaking of toilets. Speaking. Oh, you'll see. You'll see. Uh, a toilet factors into the story here uh, very shortly. So we. Um, uh, weeks ago, well, maybe a month or more, uh, Penny saw a commercial on TV that the Wheel of Fortune bus yes. was coming to the Richmond area. I never saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were going to this uh, the Stony Point uh, area, uh-huh. and uh, and so they were gonna they pull up there. They have a game show Saturday and Sunday. Uh, you could you could uh, sign up to possibly be on the the little mini show there, mm-hmm. uh, and then possibly who knows end up in California for a taping of Wheel of Fortune. That'd be awesome. So Pat and uh, Vanna were not there. Oh. No, no, no. There were very very nice substitutes that were in mm-hmm. there, but uh, they weren't actually there. So uh, Penny is all my wife is all excited about this. Like she <laughs> she loves the thought of being on Wheel of Fortune and spinning the old wheel and you know all that stuff. So uh, so she said, "Oh, we have to go do it." You know, and and so uh, sh- it's us. The grandparents are with us. Oh man, because they want to be on it. They're yeah, excited yeah. about it. So we we all arrive there one Sunday afternoon. <laughs> the and oh yeah, yeah, we're ready to get on the show, uh, or at least or at least Penny and my dad are ready to get on this show. You know, I I, I would try, but uh, it's it means more to them. Right. So so we get to this place and you get in line and they do like a show every hour uh it's just a little mini show and what you do is you fill out this little piece of paper you put it in this big tumbler like they do for the lottery Uh and then they pull out five names those five random people come up on stage play one like lightning round game of wheel of fortune uh and um and then go off the stage so they they do a little interview oh boy see i I mentioned somebody somebody's calling me wait a minute (laughs) Keep going. Oh, I thought you were going to answer it. Uh, so, so they uh, they get in line and um, and we're waiting there, waiting there, and finally we get the little sheet of paper. We fill that out, um, and you have to put down like what you're interested in and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so we put some things down and drop it in the tumbler. Uh, we wait that we get into the one of the shows, and it's they call up five people at a time, lightning round, then the next five they call up, and then the next five, however many they can fit right. in an hour. And then they start with a new group of people that come in. So we, we, we get in there. It's the end of the hour, and they said, we have five names here left. They call the first four names. The fifth name they call is my name. Get out of here. The last one of that show. Get out the of here. The last name called. So I go running up. I go running up on stage. <laughs> I bet you played it. Like it's the price is right, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, so I'm running up on stage there, and, and they process my information. They take a picture of me, um, and then uh, then we sit there and we wait to be called up because the announcer guy's like, hey, how's everybody doing? All right. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's doing that whole thing. Everybody excited. Yeah. So he's, he's doing his little spiel and and we're waiting backstage to go on because he's going to call us up and then he's going to call us out individually to interview us for just a brief minute now they have somebody down front 
uh, with an iPad who is watching you, who is taking notes, who is uh, you know putting all of these things down um, because you could potentially be on oh, the show. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they tell you if you get called up on stage, that does not mean you're on the show. Uh, if you win the lightning round, it does not mean you're on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if your name doesn't get called, they could possibly just pick you out of those little applications uh, and send you the information. And then if you if you win there, you have to go to another one of those in town. And then if you uh, win there, and then if they pick you there, then uh, they'll fly you out to California and do this yeah. whole thing. Although you pay your way out there. Did what? You know that? Yes. Yeah, isn't that weird? That's terrible. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they don't they don't tell you that, but you're paying your own way. So, no wonder they people look um, so disheartened once they lose and walk away with nothing. <laughs> they're like, I just paid three thousand dollars to be out here. Oh yeah. my gosh. So, uh, so anyway, we're waiting backstage, and the the little guy with the headsets on talking to us, you know, and little Speedy all around the area. And hey, here's what you need to do. And if he asks you about your hobbies, the the only wrong answer you can give is, I don't have time for hobbies. Oh. Right, because that's not very engaging. There's no, nowhere no. to go. You have to make Nobody the host look good, that. right? Right, right. That's really what they're wanting to see. Are you able to respond in ways that are fun, that make the host look good, that give him somewhere to go, and all that kind of stuff? Because eventually, if you make it to California, right, Pat's got to shine. He does. He has got. To. You would be so good at that. Well, thank you. You would. so so. I I wait in line. They call us up on stage. People are the crowd's cheering, right? Go and wild. we're all standing there, very nervous, very. nervous. And he's calling us up. Hey, come on out. Let's welcome our next person. And he comes on out. You know, tell us where you're from. And uh, so it's always kind of the same thing. Hey, um, where are you from? Uh, you know, what do you do? Or well, what do you do in your free time? Um, those kinds of questions. Uh-huh. Yeah. So the girl in front of me goes, it looked like she was having a good interview. You know, she was answering. They were having some banter and that sort of thing. So he, he pulls up. Let's pull up a next guy. You know, uh, tell us your name. Where are you from? So I tell him my name, you know, Brian DePuis. And uh, I'm from, uh, from Illinois. I'm a, I'm a Cubs fan, so I'm used to winning sometimes. You know, I oh, make yeah. some kind of little. Yeah. Oh, man, you're quick. Yeah, I make some you're kind quick. of little uh, little remark there and a little chuckle. <laughs> All right. So tell us what you do in your free time. And. So, you know, you're trying to go through in your head before, like, what would I say? I know. And you're trying to, like, figure them out. What are they looking for? And so he says, uh, what do you do in your in your spare time? And I said, well, I have this podcast. Uh-huh. And he, you know, makes some comment about, oh, I didn't know many people had that or something like that. Right. And, you know, <laughs> uh, and, uh, and I laugh and he said, well, what did you talk about on one of your most recent podcasts? And the only Blank. thing that came to my mind, the, the only thing, I felt like Ralphie on the Christmas yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. Right? When he, just say it. And he couldn't, he couldn't come out. Football. I said football. So I, I said, well, one of the last episodes, we had a good discussion on European toilets. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and, uh, he, he said, oh, oh, okay. All right. Well, you know, this conversation's gone down, down the drain or yeah. something like that, you know, um, made some little quip, but that's the only thing I could think of to say is European toilets. Out of all the things yes. we've ever talked and about. I, and I, and I pictured him like Santa Claus from the Christmas story. Ho, <laughs> ho, ho. With and his I, boots. Yeah. Down. And I go down the slide, right? So I, I don't win the game because uh, it's just a lightning round. You say a letter, they tell you, and then you have you know a right. second to guess, and then they go to the next person. So 
they guessed it before I even had a chance to get to it. Um, and I left the stage with some swag, mm-hmm. uh, you know, T-shirt, some playing cards, yeah, that yeah. sort of thing. But I don't know if I'm going to actually. When make would this you show. find out? They said a few months. Oh, really? Yes, a few months. You'll get an email that says, "Hey, what? you're welcome to come back to the next round." So there's so like it could three rounds happen. To this. It could it happen. Could happen. Oh potentially, gosh. potentially. We need to get your your uh, autograph now. Yeah. Well, well, you know, yes. Before yes. it happens. What Absolutely. month was that? Uh, that was was it the beginning of November? Okay, so so it Maybe just happened. Like so it could be yeah. February. It could be. Find it could be. Maybe it was the end of October. Okay. Somewhere in there. Yeah. All right, all right. So so anyway, yeah, we'll see. What's we'll your see. Meal? But what's interesting what's is up? he kept talking about how he wanted people to have good energy. You know, really, really high energy and really fun. Um, and then you watch the show. And it's people, those are some of the most drab people I've ever yeah. seen in my life. You know, they just super they, smart, light clap, yeah. you know, um, and they're not like shouting. It's not like Price is Right, you know, right. they're not jumping all over the place. So we're always, huh. I'm wondering why he, he said that, unless, unless they're trying to weed out the ones that would be like so over the top, you know, because Pat. He, you know, he has a certain level of sophistication, so I don't know if he's trying to... <laughs> he does. Yeah. He does. He demands a certain level of sophistication, so I'm not sure what the uh, psychology there is, but... Oh, uh, my gosh. But we'll so, see. So, I'm just, I'm just thinking here, someday, yeah. Yeah. we may be watching TV and see Brian yes. DePuis. Yes. Yes. <laughs> In the final round. Wheel of yeah. Fortune. Yeah. In the final round, I'm picking out. I loved it. It used to be when they would go through like the whole display of prizes, and you could pick out the ones. Yeah, that you wanted to, yeah, yeah. Now they just open the thing. But you know, if you if you win something huge on those, yeah. like I actually knew somebody who won a car on the Prices Right one yeah. time. It cost her so much to yeah. get it uh, to pay the taxes on it. What in California? Then pay taxes on it back in Virginia. Then yeah. then get it back and blah blah blah. Yeah. It's it's. Um, it almost, I think it cost her money yeah. actually to get that car. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I've heard so, the same thing from people. That's, just, I, I bet it's your five minutes of fame. I guess. It's it's something that, that lives on in family history and the yeah. story that gets told over and over again. You know? That you were on that, yeah. Old great-grandpa yeah. Brian. And, and then, <laughs> who had to take out a loan for his winnings. Uh, get yeah. himself to California. <laughs> So anyway, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, I love it. I'm not expecting anything, but uh, you never know. You know yeah, it was yeah. fun. And the podcast. And then, you know, you walk off the stage and I thought, it would have been nice if I gave the name of the podcast and not just that I have oh, yeah. a podcast. I was, I guess, assuming that he would maybe follow up with a, oh yeah, what's the name? Yeah. Uh, but no. But he followed up he with an I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> he, he followed up. Oh, okay, great. Well, you don't see many of those. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. Jill, question for you, sir. Uh, you know uh, this is a this is an important one, and to our listeners, will be extremely important. Uh, how drunk is too drunk to do curling? You know, I've been thinking about that. Sure. No, I haven't sure. been thinking about that. You know, curling. No, yeah, yeah, the, I do. The Olympic the sport. Sort of hockey. Yeah, you got the the broom uh-huh. and the. the yeah, the you sliding. You don't have to be fast. No, you don't have to stone. be anything really. Apparently, you, you don't have to be sober. You what, don't what is have this to be sober. To? Well, there is this Olympic gold medalist curling team. They uh-huh. won in 2014, I think it said, and they were recently eliminated during a match uh, because they were deemed to be too intoxicated. Um, 
Yeah. How, yeah. how do you... Too intoxicated. At the Reed Deer Curling Classic, which we all love. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't uh, miss it. This, this gentleman, his last name is Ryan Fry is his name, and his teammates uh, were removed from the event and forced to forfeit because they were too intoxicated. They went out to curl, and they were extremely drunk and breaking brooms and swearing and just unacceptable behavior that nobody wants to watch or hear or listen to, and it was just... I wouldn't bet enough on that. Was enough. <laughs> I would enjoy... A curling event where things got kind of out of hand. Because <laughs> it's such a sedate kind of sport yeah. to begin with. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's a gentle slide, a gentle release. Even the bump of the stones is kind of boom, you know. Oh, let's spice it up a little bit. Let's <laughs> let's break a few brooms. <laughs> yes. So um, no, I didn't. Where do you find this news? This was actually like top of a news feed. Um, just a, just a few days back. Really? Was, yes, yes. Not on my news feed. No, no. <laughs> Apparently, our news feeds are much different. But, <laughs> so spectators, other competitors were complaining that, about their drunken actions. Um, they issued an apology. They're not even sure if they're going to let them compete this next year. And, uh, yeah, they just uh, – it was a disgrace. Wow. And the whole sport has been tarnished because of their drinking. Now, they did say that – it's a whole, this whole, this, whatever this competition was, it's a weekend of drinking. Mm. Like they oh, said, yeah. that's a big thing. The curlers, you know, get together and uh, you got to do something, you know, if you're I a guess curler. So. so you go to drinking. Uh, and, but apparently they said they were drinking up to and during breaks uh, during this curling event. Don't, and they, don't they know? What did they expect? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But I think it's what this sport needs. Uh, I would love to try it one time. I would really, I'd love to try curling. Getting not, drunk? Not getting the drunk part. Um, <laughs> but the curling part, I would love to try, try that. I know that it's harder than it looks. Uh, and, you know, anytime you're dealing with ice, probably it's harder. The movement of the stove. There's right, a lot right. to it. Yeah, finesse. I'm sure. A lot of finesse. I'm sure. And I love to watch it. I love to watch. Do you really? I do. I just, yeah. I just have never, um, yeah. I don't know. I, I ought to give it another try, huh? Yeah. Have you, well, you give it a try if the guy is saying, I'm out of order. You're right. <laughs> You're big. <laughs> Do the whole. Oh, that'd be great. Coxitated. <laughs> I am not. Oh, man. Yeah. So anyway, anyway, they're sorry. They've apologized. I'm sure they are. They went from the 2014 gold medalist, um, and now um, they're eliminated for being extremely drunk can i ask how old yes. they are does it say it how old does they not are? say that you know i'm looking at a picture of a guy who's probably in his uh, 30s really so he's old Maybe? enough his brain has finished growing yeah he has yeah, yeah. no excuse no no they just uh yeah there was damage in the locker rooms really they were breaking oh. other people's stuff oh man uh, yeah, no yeah. class yeah yeah a broken broom maybe okay yes but some but some, don't... some light swearing all right all <laughs> right don't this touch is competition stuff. yeah so anyway the committee of the, for the bonspiel bonspiel is what they're calling uh-huh. it decided that they're removing them from this year and next year. They said, enough of this gong show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's a good quote. I yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, I wonder if there's any, is there any curling in this area? Um, well, if there is, I I don't know. I'm yeah. not in the loop. Yeah, we I'll, I'll look it up. I'm making a note of, and I'm, I'm writing yeah. down that quote, enough of this gong show. I'm yeah. going to have to have it put on a plaque. Yes. Hanging yes. in my house. <laughs> it's, that's right. Christmas gifts for people. 
Oh man, enough of this gong show. So anyway, um, that's your curling news. People ask us all the time, can you give us an update on curling? (laughs) And usually there is no update. Right. But now we've got something to talk about. We aim to please. In between Olympics, now we have something to talk about. It's just taken uh, drunken behavior to do it. Well, we we are covering the gamut of things. I know nothing really meaningful. But <laughs> nothing important. It's coming. It's no, yeah, coming. no. I was I was reading something. I'll share. Um, I have been doing. I read a book uh, called "Emotionally Healthy Spirituality" mm-hmm. by a guy named Pete Cesaro. Cesaro, maybe. I don't. People can look it up. Uh, he, he's wrote a series of these books, and in it, he kind of tells his story. He's in. He was a pastor of a church. Uh, and he started realizing that he he was just unhealthy. As much as he was learning and growing and reading his Bible and praying and all those things you're told to do, um, there was he was just not in a good place. And so he started looking back and he started realizing that he was maybe growing in these spiritual ways, uh, but emotionally he was not growing, and he had stopped growing. Uh, and so. It, it helped put together a lot of things. Like sometimes you you wonder, uh, especially if you're around a lot of church people, like how can somebody who's been coming to church or who's been reading the Bible their whole life, how can they just act this way? You know, uh, like how can they do or say that? Yeah. Um, and what's like what's the motivating thing behind that? Because they say they've been following Jesus for forty years of their life, but you know Jesus may love them, but everyone else thinks they're an a hole, right? <laughs> so. So, like, why is that? And, you know, what what's going on there, you know? So his uh, – we, we are free to edit that out. Uh, but, uh, I think you should leave yeah. it in. <laughs> but his whole point was um, it's because they've never continued – they've seen growing spiritually as this isolated thing. And they don't see it as including emotional health and mental health and all of these other parts of who we are. We are a unified being. And so dealing with emotional health – is is all a part of our spiritual life. And if you're not dealing with some things that maybe get you stuck, um, even things that you didn't cause but were done to you mm-hmm. or around you, yeah. if you're not willing to face those things, um, you remain you remain uh, stuck. And uh, as much as you say you grow spiritually, uh, there's this aspect of your life that's not growing. And so you reach out and hurt people or you, you say things and do things and um, or neglect people around you and, you know, all these things. You, you pour yourself into working way more than you should and uh, you don't take care of your most uh, – your closest relationships, whatever it is. So anyway, I was reading this book and he calls you back to ancient spiritual practices um, – and uh, and one of those practices is the daily office, and, mm-hmm. and office is a term that means work, the daily work, the work that God does in us, not necessarily the work that we do. So it's creating these moments throughout the day, morning, noon, evening, uh, for silence, for reflection, for prayer, um, uh, for reading, um, these brief moments throughout the day. So I've been practicing this, and there's a book that I've been using going through that, and one of the readings was on the story of David and Goliath. And so people may know that story. It's the one... uh, 
in the old in the Old Testament of the Bible, you have this guy Dave, Goliath, who's this huge guy, you know, behemoth guy, and um, and he like taunts Israel, and the Philistines are are facing Israel, and and uh, and so you 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 have David, who's this young shepherd boy who comes along, and and he doesn't have much, you know, he's got some rocks and a slingshot that he used when he was a shepherd boy, and he comes along and hears there's a problem, and he comes and he says, hey, we can defeat this guy, um, God's on our side, the God of Israel is greater than the God of the Philistines, so this is a God versus God kind of thing, and um, let's let's go do this. And at first they're like, no, we can't send a little boy out there. Finally, they're so desperate they do. Um, and and uh, David defeats Goliath um, and hurls the rock, hits him in the head, knocks him down, chops off his head, holds up his head. You know, all the good parts of the story as a child that you want to hear uh, talked about right. in Sunday school. Um, which the is head a, part. Oh, is yeah. It's a favorite story of mine. I even loved like, the dramatic pictures, the yes. posters they used to put up. You know, and it's like... David holding Goliath by the hair. Oh, boy. Yep, yep. Uh, That's a classic child story. So uh, he was talking about that story. And at at one part of it, he he, he makes the observation that when David goes and says, the God of Israel will deliver me, Um, I want to go face Goliath. And eventually when the king, Saul, says, okay, it says that Saul gave him his robe, and he gave him the tunic to wear around him. And then they, they gave him the armor and uh, the breastplate. And they gave him the spear and the sword. And it said that David could barely move, you know, and he could barely walk around uh, in it. He said he tried to walk around to see, and it just didn't fit. Like, it just wasn't him. And it weighed him down. And, and so he took it off and he said, I cannot wear this. I cannot um, put this on and go out and face him. So I'm going to take my staff and I'm going to take my the, my slingshot and my bag of rocks. Um, and so all that I know is that I know who God has made me to be. Um, and I know what God has sent me to do. Um, and what Saul tried to do is say, well, if you're going to do this, then here's what I want you to have. Here's what you should wear. Here's what you should be. You should be this mighty warrior. Uh, and that's how you go and win the battle. And, and David's like, well, I, that is not me. Like, I tried wearing that. I tried putting that on, and it just didn't fit. Uh, and it wasn't who God was calling me to be. Um, but give me the bag of rocks. You know, <laughs> like, that's me. Like, that's my style. Like, that's, I'm familiar with these. This is what I grew up. This was, this was how I survived. This is how I grew. Um, and I'm trusting in who God knows me to be. Uh, and so I'm going, to, uh, I'm going to go out there and face him. I thought it was so powerful um, because we sometimes spend a lot of our life um, focused on the expectations of others and, and, and what people want us to be. And so we put that on, you know, and we walk around in it and it's, it doesn't fit us, but it's right. what they want us to be. And so we live out the expectations of others, um, whether you're, you're a child with a parent or in your social uh, groups or whatever, going through school or going through sports or going through whatever. Um, we end up um, just taking on the personas or the expectations of others. And, and we walk around in that um, and we never really start to know who am I, who has God made me to be? 
and, and what does God have for me? You know, how does God see me? Um, we spend all of our time looking over our shoulders mm-hmm. at the approval or disapproval of others in order to navigate through life. Um, and it struck me because I, I have been a people pleaser my whole life. And part of that being a people pleaser was in a crowd, in a group of people that I was with, I could easily hear what they're saying, understand where they're coming from, and then and then mirror back to them that same thing. I would talk the same way or I would act the same way or I would believe, you know, say, oh, yeah. Uh, and because I knew that it would please them right. and it would cause the least amount of conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would live my life like that. Uh, and then I would do that with things I saw on TV or whoever the latest, um, whoever the latest, uh, you know, even in the Christian world, like whoever the latest Christian celebrity was, mm-hmm. you begin to, I began to like take on and mirror, um, because I thought, well, that's who I need to be. Uh, and that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, so to, to read that passage where, where David says, man, I, I can only wear, others' expectations on me for so long right. until it becomes this weight. Uh, and and so as I start to become more and more aware of the, the me, the person that God is calling me forth, right, calling to be, um, then I can take these things off. Uh, and I don't need to live in that, constantly mirroring that. Um, and that was huge. That was, that was a big deal for me. Uh, and and it still is a big deal for me. Um, like every day, like it's a, it's a it's a struggle, and it's a an intentional way of living. Um, and then and then you have social media that just blows it it's up, ridiculous. Right? Just like, yeah. uh, and so now you, you you have to try and be like all these other people, and, and what are they doing? What are they posting? How they think, and then and then that shapes how I. Um, and really, you know, all I ever have to be is what God has made me. Right. Um, and that's not my line. That's an old Amy Grant <laughs> line from the Age to Age album. Oh, is it called all I, all I Ever? What, what yeah, is it? I don't uh, remember the name of the song, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, All I Ever Have to Be is What You... That might be the name, name of the song. It could be. Yeah. Um, Easier said than done. Yeah, though. yeah. The yeah. younger you are, I think, yeah. especially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, you sometimes then get to a certain age where... People will say when they're my age, um, and I was born in 19... Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Everyone get that? Um, pe- people in my age have started to say, you know what, I, I really don't care what everybody else thinks of me, which is kind of a lie, right. because we always care yeah. some. But, you yeah. know, I shared with you earlier, um, I taught for 30 years at a local university. I taught writing freshman yeah. and sophomore and I always said and I loved it by the way I loved it not every single part of it but nobody loves every single part yeah. of any job yeah. but in general I loved the students and, and I really believed in the value of what I was teaching them yeah. um, but I always said I never fit into the big picture of anybody's English department mm. which is where I was ever yeah. Never, never. I didn't want to teach literature. I have a habit of missing the deeper meaning of you know most of the things that I'm supposed to understand. You know, yeah. uh, it just wasn't totally me. And it's one of those things. And I think this is a fairly common phenomenon that everybody, whatever job you're doing, you're all you're you have one eye over your shoulder, thinking 
someday somebody's going to find out I really don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, 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 that's true. I was very relieved when I found out that that is not an uncommon, um, that someday I'm, I'm going to be exposed. But I I just knew, I just knew it wasn't, I I wasn't a real true part of the big picture of the Mm. world where I was. So about five years ago, six years ago, um, everything changed um, with the department. My courses were moved out of the department. I, you either had to apply to do full-time work or not at all. They weren't doing any more part-time. My mom was very old. I needed to go back to Indiana and see her a lot, so I chose to just kind of back out of it. I missed the students. If I never graded another paper in my whole life for all eternity, that would be just fine. But what I found was um, work that involves speaking and writing about finding joy. Mm. And as I shared with you earlier, I'm 65 years old and I'm just now feeling like I'm home in my work. So I think it's a process yeah you know I mean it continues to be a process there's a lot I need to learn and things are changing all the time and we're all evolving so why do you feel like now why do you feel like now why now you're more Um, at home you know I'm I'm not driven by I felt like I had to um you know if you say you teach at a university that's instant credibility. Yeah. Never mind that you don't get paid squat. Right. All my students thought I was rich. Right. And, right. and I, that, which is just such a laugh. Yeah. Um, it's, it's the pipe. It's the pipe. You <laughs> and smoke. the beard. Makes right? you look sophisticated <laughs> like you. Yeah. But it was, um, it was an ego feed mm. partly. Yeah. I mean, again, I did love it. I wasn't yeah. a fake. Yeah. But um, that was an ego feed that looked good on my resume, no matter mm. what I was paid. And when I stopped and people will say, well, what do you do? Oh, I, I would say in the beginning, well, I used to teach at VCU. Yeah. You yeah. know, now now I'm I've, I write. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and now it doesn't bother me anymore because I'm I'm at home. Yeah. I'm becoming. Yeah. You know, I'm always becoming. Right. Um, at home in that, but that was, that was a big part of it. It just, I needed Mm. that apparently quote needed that Mm -hmm. to, to give me some credibility. Yeah. Um, even though I was just working part-time and not making much money, what I did sounded legit, you know? Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. Wow. Analyze that. (laughs) (laughs) It's just possible, I guess. What I'm saying is it is possible, and this has just occurred to me in the last, I don't know, six months, so it's kind of a new thing. Me thinking, wow, I really, I'm excited about this. I care about this. I think I can help people with this. Um, I'm still not making squat. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Making money has never been my gift. Yeah. Um, So there's that. Uh, I still struggle with that sometimes. I won't lie. Yeah. I I struggle with that. Yeah. Um, but um, it's an evolution, and, and I think I don't know. God has placed me in a position where mm. I do have a husband who who has a job. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Um, so that's it. But everybody's path is different. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's true. 
and 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 it is a path. Yeah. So I don't know for what that's worth. No, no, um, that's kind of where I, where I am. Yeah, uh-huh. I think there is this. Um, uh, human beings have such a driving desire to be valued mm-hmm. um, and and loved and accepted, uh, and it's it's so powerful. It's so powerful uh, that it ends up. It, it ends up being the fuel sometimes that that drives us into into all these other ways. And, right. Um, yeah. Have you noticed though on social media, at least the people that I hang around with, um, somebody will get really raw. Yeah. Every now and then. Yeah. And other people will say, "Thank you, hmm. thank you for being so honest." Yeah. Yeah. It's not like you want to hear it all the time. Right. It's too much on us. Right, right. People can't take that. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. But every now and then, you know, I, th- I think we crave, we want to know that we're not alone yeah. in our imperfection. Yeah. yeah. Or and even to be seen as the human, as the person that I am right. and, and as I'm working to become or uh, allowing God to transform me. But this is who I am. And for somebody to see that and say, you are deeply valued in love still. Right. Uh, you know, just even right now in this moment, um, you're deeply valued and loved. Uh, that, that is a life. And, and to be able to have the opportunity to go to people um, and let them know, hey, just as you are right now, um, even in the midst of brokenness, becoming whole or whatever, like you are deeply valued, um, and you are loved beyond measure. Like that's no matter uh, what, no matter what, uh, man, that's so powerful. That's so powerful. It is. We're stingy with those kinds of words. Um, I never thought about that before, but yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. You are right. Yeah. We don't, we don't say that. We don't say that to people. And that's what people desperately need to hear. Like, that's water in the desert for people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Man, so, yeah. So who who are you going to tell that to? Like, uh, uh, to our... To our listeners far and wide, like mm. there's somebody that you need to stop listening to this podcast right now and, and tell that to. Um, and don't even explain. Just leave it. I just want to tell you yeah. that you are deeply loved and valued. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm just I'm thinking about people I know who um, one really got raw on social media the other day, and it was just... Uh, it's rough. It's hard yeah. to to look at. Yeah. Um, hard to read. Um, and maybe that's why people don't do it on social media so much yeah. is because ooh, we just want to we right. want to be lifted up, not brought down. Right. Which right. I get that. Yeah. I get that. It's too. a place for our criticism and right, and right. cynicism. So we can even use use um, a platform like that to yeah. lift people up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and people honestly. To this post I'm thinking about, people did exactly that. Yeah. I did not, however. Mm. So what's up with me? Right. <laughs> I did not. Yeah. I yeah. didn't do anything. Yeah. I just read it and said, oh, what a shame. Yeah. Well, shame on me. 
you are the person um, that that God made you to be, uh, and you're becoming um, who God is leading you to become. And uh, and so sometimes that includes the approval of others, and sometimes it doesn't. And sometimes that meets the expectations of others, and sometimes it does not. Uh, but that's okay uh, because Jesus never always did those things either. Um, so uh, so don't forget. You are loved and deeply valued. Uh, Virtual hug. Yes. Here it is. Even right around the microphone. That's right. (laughs) Embrace it. Feel it. Feel it. Give it to someone else.